Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right. Wow. That sounds like a real show, I think. That was very low on my end, but I trust that the masses will be able to hear that Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder are joining me on Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. What a show. We have a new opening. We have a new co-host. We had a class up the joint, Dave, right? It was too much, too much talk about crawlers and, and I, I don't know, just lousy. So we, we had to get it going. And now here she is. Over Charlotte the moon, Wilder. over you. the moon. Here I am. This- here I am. I mean, I can talk about crawlers too. So I don't know if I'm going to class this up at all, but I will certainly add another voice about donut opinions, which every sports media outlet yeah. really needs. Exactly. And in addition to that, every sports media outlet, I think it's in the podcast bylaws that we have to have someone from Massachusetts on here. (laughs) And that's uh, there's so much more to Charlotte. I don't want to sell her short and just say that. But you are from that. You were right now. You're coming to us from the East Coast. Not exactly Massachusetts, right? Yeah, I am. I'm currently in Maine, which is uh, actually many people don't know this. It's sort of a sports media hub. Um, oh. But yeah, I grew up. I'm, I'm kidding. It's not. I uh, grew up outside <laughs> of Boston and Maine and live in New York normally and um, just about as New England and East Coast as you can get, which I think most people find deeply insufferable. But I mean, at yeah. this point, I just ha- mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wearing a shirt that has Maine on it. Like I just got to lean in, you know? Yeah, you have to. Dave, are you okay? Dave, we worked for many, many years with um, yeah. mass holes and we kind of finally got away from it at Jimmy Kimmel Live. And now we take it upon ourselves to bring another one in. I think she's going to be more bearable than what we're used to. I, I feel like, yeah, it was a, a, a courageous move, a controversial move to to make this. I feel like Charlotte is here perhaps to redeem mm-hmm. the New England I don't know, say sports fan because they're beyond redemption, but maybe that important region of our country and its uh, its role in our history. The only thing I, I listen, we've already been good, but we are officially with Charlotte cooking with gas. That's why I'm having a nice rosé on this August evening. Cheers to you, Charlotte. Cheers to us. Sal. Oh, that's good. I wish I had something. You know what? I'll bring I'll uh, I'll toast with my miniature Rowdy Roddy Piper figure. That's uh, close. There you enough. go. That's the best I could do. I've Charlotte, got an old Nalgene I found from college that has like really obnoxious skiing stickers on it. So just staying completely on brand from the get go. Oh, nice. Excellent. Um, tell us about yourself, Charlotte. Uh, tell us something. You you come from uh, Fox Sports Digital. You before that Sports Illustrated, which for those of you who are too old, that that was a magazine at one time that you could read. But go ahead. Just uh, let it fly. What else can you tell us about yourself? Man, um, yeah, I came from, I'm uh, at Fox Sports Digital now, and mm-hmm. as you said, I was at SI, I was at a few different sports blogs before that, and then uh, at Boston.com, so doing, you know, real local news stuff, and before that, I worked at America's Test Kitchen, a cooking magazine, uh, and before that, I, like, worked for a photographer who took pictures of boats, like, I really, I have no idea how I got here, Sal, but I'm, I'm thrilled to be at the party, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I loved sports growing up, but I, I wouldn't say that I knew everything that was going on and I was fairly clueless if it wasn't about Boston, which I mean, I mm-hmm. guess a lot of Boston people are, but it just sort of has been a, a great place for me to hop in and you can make jokes and, you know, hopefully not take everything too seriously. And it's mm-hmm. just been a whole lot of fun. There you go. Jim, will you do me a favor? Will you isolate Charlotte saying, uh, I don't know how I got here, but I'm thrilled to be here for the party. And then let's play it in six months when she's pulling her hair out and uh, yeah, you get it. trying to get out of her contract. You got it. Okay. I can see her pulling a, a cesspitus on us and just like figure it like Jim goes to check on her in a couple of days at a, at a Motel 6 in Bangor, Maine. And like, no, she's out there. And she took a recorder with her. Well, Something I mean, like I, did quit a, I did quit a sports team by just not showing up once. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> what was it? What's what team was that? I played. I played. Uh, this is so. See, I'm just like everyone listening to this is going to be like, who is this chick? Why is she on this? I played a <laughs> semester of squash at my liberal arts school, Colby what? College, and I decided I was like, we suck. I'm not very good, and I wanted to go to a party more than I wanted to go to practice. So I just went to the party, and then right. later the captains of the team showed up at the party, and they were like, 
we thought you had a migraine. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not on the team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was it? They threw you off for that? Wow. No, I threw myself off. I was like, I clearly don't I care see. enough. So I'm just going to save you all some time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, we're ha- very, very happy to have you, obviously. Um for many reasons, most of them that you just listed. Also, you bring our average age down to a respectable 39 years old. So I think that's good, right, hey. Dave? We're, um, yeah. I mean, when we bring uh, Will Smith's kid on, it'll be even lower. I don't want to, I don't want to, like the main thing makes me think, and then she mentioned cooking. Charlotte, where, where do you come down on, uh, before we start talking about sports, game of life kind of talk? I have long held that lobster is perhaps our most mm. overrated spendy food oh. item um how say you Ooh, hard disagree dave uh have you had have you had like Good. a perfect lobster roll before well i have but i but my thinking is this it's kind of like i guess a little bit what you're going through now as a patriots fan that yeah you, you know <laughs> was it brady or was it belichick belichick or brady we'll find out when uh when cam newton goes under center there but to me, it's a clear-cut thing. Lobster, oh, I've got to pay top dollar, top dollar to get it. But the real star of the equation <laughs> is the drawn butter. You know what You know what else tastes good in drawn butter? Everything else you dip in it. What are we paying so much for lobster for? Okay, I get that, although I'm going to counter you that the texture of lobster holds up just enough to still be really satisfying when it is doused in butter. And then when you add a perfectly toasted bun with butter, maybe even a little mayo too, just like more fat to it, more salt, it kind of becomes perfect. So yeah. Also, did you know they used to serve uh, lobster to prisoners? Is that true? Did they really? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, no. Lobster has not always been a fancy food. Lobster used to be like the gross stuff that they gave to people in jail because they, and then somehow, I don't know, maybe lobster got like a really great rebranding agent and yeah. was like, make me expensive <laughs> and it worked. Wow. Kind of like, kind of like I what like happened that. with Brussels sprouts, you know? Like that Brussels sprouts, oh, heaven forbid you ever consume one of those. Then all of a sudden, I don't know who started pushing it. But now Brussels sprouts on every menu, and they happen to be delicious. All right, I, you know, I, we're, it's too sportsy. We're getting too sportsy right. here. Right. I'm worried. We're, right. we're getting complaints here. Uh, we have so much that I will never agree. I, by the way, I, I, Charlotte, kudos to you. I think you came off the top rope. You dropped an elbow, and Mister Rose uh, is rethinking his position on lobster now. Right? Hey, thanks. Just trying to change hearts and minds. Good, good. That's what we're all about here. Um, and now, now, as I beg for sports, I have to discuss this um, with friends here, and I consider you both very dear friends. I have an owl problem. Um, I don't know if I told you about this, but Who? so I went back, an owl. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, it, well, by the way, if it was who, I'd be okay with it, but it's not. It screeches throughout hmm. the evening. It really is. And it happened right when I went back to work last Monday. We have owls. A block away, there's an owl's nest. And apparently with owls, what happens is the babies scream for food all night long. And it's a terrible, terrible sound. And I go back and forth between laughing and just miserable. <laughs> and I'm not getting any sleep. I have the bags under my eyes normally. But don't get Jim Cunningham, pull up an owl, a baby owl scream. Can you get that audio for us? Uh, are, you, are you able uh, yeah, to do something like that? It's my ringtone, but uh, let me find it. Hold on. Uh, I set the over under at 37 and a half minutes before Jim's able to pull this up. But no, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what to do, but the owls and now my kids are on the iPad. Like where can we move that doesn't have owls? And Antarctica happens to be the only continent that doesn't have owls. And they're like, well, that'll be cool. And then I convince them like, no, the Wi-Fi most likely sucks there. We don't want to go to Antarctica. But if mm. anyone out there within my voice can hear, hasn't and, and uh, any kind of clue on how to handle owls. I don't want to kill these things, but I want to kill these things. Right, yeah. Jim? You know what I'm it saying? Sounds like this. No, it doesn't. That's... It's more of a screech. What was that? That's... That was a baby owl. <laughs> it sounds like you and a, a Tinder setting up a Tinder date. That was a baby owl. All right. I don't know what that is, but uh... well, Sal, have you tried earplugs? Yeah, so I can get the earplugs going. I guess I can get earplugs, right? I just never slept with them. I don't know. Because uh, I actually, to be honest, 
I don't I don't think earplugs prevent COVID. No, no, I, I would I no. would put earplugs in and, and a mask <laughs> and anything else. I don't care. But yeah, owls. It's so stupid. I live by the by the sea here, Dave. It doesn't make any sense. I have never this is the first I've ever heard of the existence of owls uh on the yeah. on the at the seaside. I've never I, I had no uh right. no idea that this sort of thing. We have all of a sudden, and uh, sorry to make it about me, but we have a little hole in our our fence in the back, and we've just discovered now that randomly a dog just charges into our back through this little hole in the and starts barking wildly and scaring my little children all the time. So I kind of feel really? your pain, although an owl is far weirder than a than a pooch. It's so bizarre. It's bizarre. And did you? I don't even know if you knew this. They used to feed owls to prisoners back in the day. <laughs> no, that's, I, that I made up. I feel like Sh Charlotte's in heaven. She doesn't have to worry about uh, rabid dogs or owls or anything. She just you know decides how much mayo she wants to put on her uh, lobster roll. That, that's Truly. the way to do it, right? I'm living yeah. the dream. Although I will say there there are some very loud birds here, which is why I asked the earplugs question because I've started oh. like I'll wake up at six thirty in the morning, really annoyed at these birds put them in and just i could sleep till like noon with Is those bad right? boys in okay all right i'm gonna how try do you know it's, so i have a question how do you know yeah. it's an owl so i didn't think uh, we, we have a crazy neighbor and uh, a couple of them and they're like uh, oh there are owls i was like yeah no that's not true but it is unlike any sound i ever heard and it's and then my wife found it i i should have pulled it because what jim i don't know i, I probably could find it but it matched completely with the uh with the the baby owl that is now um you know infesting our yard or it's actually two blocks away but it's so loud that we can hear it anyway anyone has any tips please i'm uh i'm going owl crazy here uh all right well I, i'm upset dave's upset by the dog charlotte it's time to for you to be upset i think tom brady turned 43 the other day um Patriots fans are all over the place. They're going to root for Tom this year. They're not going to root for him. They're not going to root for Belichick. They are going to root for. Uh, I want to know where you come from. Where are you going to? Where, where do you stand on uh, Tampa? Okay, so when this all went down, I think it was the same day that everything shut down. Tom was like, "I'm going to Tampa Bay," and I was yeah. like, "What? You're going to what? Like, what are you doing to me right now?" And I was way sadder than I thought I was going to be. Um, because I don't necessarily think that his sticking around for the team is the best thing. Cause like, he's not going to be playing eventually. So, you know, you got to move on at some point. I don't know. This is what I tell myself to, you know, get mm -hmm. through it all. But, uh, I was really sad and I was like, I want the best for him. Like he's done so much for us. And then as I watched him in the off season, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy is so insufferable. Like, I feel like I finally understand how fans of other teams have seen Tom Brady for 20 years while I've been here be like, how could you not like the guy? And now I'm like, he doesn't eat eggplants. He's not wearing a mask. <laughs> he's quoting FDR incorrectly about a pandemic he never talked about. Like, right. he, he's, he's like trespassing in people's home. Like, I'm like, what are you doing, man? So I think he's. <laughs> I'm I'm just kind of over him. I'm like, you know what? Like Good riddance. It. I'm I'm all in on Belichick. I always kind of was. I always I always believed in him. I don't know. I like maybe that. this maybe this is just my coping mechanism. Maybe it's like when you know, really, when someone great leaves you, and you're like, I understand why everyone didn't like him in the first place, mm -hmm. even though I, you know. I hear a lot of rationalizing. Do you, Sal, or, or is that just my? Yeah, ear? I do. I do. But if that's how you have to do it to get through, well, I don't. I don't. Uh, begrudge her at all well let me ask this here the, I, there are different scenarios that i've kind of laid out for the last year when you could see this gathering storm that there was a chance that he was going to move on i feel like and, and patriots fans oh you know harumph at me for saying this if <laughs> if if belichick Never been that i mean <laughs> listen if they, it would have been better if it had been stidham or andy dalton my my apocalyptic vision <laughs> for Patriots fans was that Andy Dalton took over and went 13 uh. and three. And then for the last two decades, you've been worshiping a false God named Brady. And then what does that do to your brain? And the thing that I push back on a little bit with Patriots fans, although you just said it, is it really that satisfying if when this is all done, you look back and say like, yeah, the reason we won all those Super Bowls is because we coached gooder than you is like that. It feels like, meh. Not that fun. No, mm. that's my ideal scenario. Like to me, to me, it would suck if 
Tom Brady left and then Belichick just like say he coaches five more years just like is never able to get it together again I want him I want Belichick to keep being the dark lord of football like I am Hmm. all in on Tom Brady as a system quarterback and I can't believe Mm -hmm. I'm saying this but it I'm scaring myself a little bit but I really do think it would be great if it's like no the whole point is that they coach well and they figured it out and sure Brady was great he was transcendent he had moments of incredible you know he did stuff maybe someone else couldn't have done but at the end of the day like belichick can find a way to make it work without him that would be my ideal situation right and i think it's probably worse and got worse when gronk went over there and now it's like now they're having a party that you're not invited i mean this is the part getting you back for faking a migraine and going to that party now here's a party you cannot attend you know i know you have to stay with belichick Honestly, that hurt that hurt the most when Gronk was like, oh, uh, it was so not fun playing football in New England that I quit. And then I'm willing to go back to Tampa Bay because like I, I was just I was a little hurt. Also, I had just seen Belichick at uh, Gronk's beach party at the Super Bowl. And oh, yeah. so and at the time, people were tweeting at me when I, I posted a picture and people were like, oh, he's definitely there trying to get Gronk to come back. And at the time, I was like, all right, get out of here. Like, that's that's so far fetched. You conspiracy right. theorists. And now I'm like, oh, my God, he actually probably was there to try to get Gronk to come back. <laughs> yeah, he might have been. Um, Dave, I don't know if you feel the same way. I've, I've said this before from a not non-Patriots fan, a non-Brady fan, someone who doesn't like Belichick. I now find it difficult to spread out the hate. Now I pick up another team I can't root for. Not that I ever rooted for the Buccaneers, but I now have to root against the Buccaneers. I naturally root against the Patriots. It's weird to not focus on one team and now have to put my attention all different. I, I said on uh, on TV the other day, This is it's as if, if Clay Travis had two Twitter accounts, I'm like, Oh my God, now I have to hate this and this. So I don't, I don't know if I have enough energy in me. Do you feel the same way? I feel like I pick up a new team to hate every year anyway. Yeah. I think there's something about the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and those weird getups that they wear a little bit modified uh, towards, uh, towards dignity from what they had been wearing the last half decade <laughs> or so, but uh, they don't feel, don't they feel like a junior NFL team? So it doesn't, If I were a Patriots fan, I would say good because the Chargers would have been worse because then we might see them in the postseason. They're different. San Francisco would have been painful because what if he's the difference and they get a Super Bowl and that get that Lombardi count in that, uh, you know, Super Bowl era race goes on. So Tampa Bay, other conference, weird uniforms in the state of Florida. It's kind of easy to be dismissive of. But Charlotte. If it's number one and Belichick um, in the Super Bowl and they're in Tampa to play Tom Brady's Buccaneers, I think it's going to create at minimum some emotional conflict for you and Patriots Nation. I, 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 because I, the reason I say that is because I've watched in the age of free agency guys leave my favorite teams and then I resent them forever. How dare you? think that there's somewhere better to be mm-hmm. in the sports universe than uh than where where than the for the teams that I root for. But also as a Steelers fan, I'm resentful of of fellow Steelers fans who say, oh, I'm glad Brady's gone. Thank goodness. Now no, we didn't we didn't beat him. That's a pathetic posture to take. You know, we're we're not Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns. We're the Steelers. And Brady, we never <laughs> beat him. I'm resentful of him leaving before we got him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that what you're hearing is a lot of ambivalence and me trying to talk myself into. So I don't. I think that the real answer is that I'm not entirely sure how to feel, but it's been a roller coaster, and right now, I'm also a little bit like, really, like you left the Patriots to go. It kind of feel the Bucks kind of feel like an XFL team to me right now, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, sure, yeah. if you want to do that, Tom, but like. We're the, you know, it's like the classy New England and then you go down to like, I don't know, some, some bar in Florida where no one has shoes on and like Florida men are running around everywhere. I don't, I, I think that I'm, (laughs) I think that I'm just sort of telling myself what I have to, but I also then get mad at Pats fans who are like, well, screw Tom Brady, blah, blah. Cause I'm like, well, he did a lot. So it's just a glass case of emotion over here. And I think it's going to get messy if they play each other in the Super Bowl because I think my, I think I'll just short circuit. Like my brain will just, all the little fuses will blow and then I'll just be like walking around with a cheese head on and people will be like, you don't like the Packers. And I'll be like, well, I don't know what else to do. So here we are. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's like when your sister drives you crazy. It's like, oh, and you could you could complain to other family members about your sister. But then if an outsider does, it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, back off a little bit, right? Right. And like, I'm only, I can, only yeah. I can say those things. Yes, exactly. But let's talk odds for a second. Since you brought up that Super Bowl matchup, Tampa Bay, 14 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. The Pats, a little worse off at 21 to 1 odds. Um, the Bucks and Pats to meet in the Super Bowl pay 75 to one Charlotte. Do you understand gambling at all? Do you like to gamble? I should have asked you this uh, probably weeks ago. I am admittedly really bad at math. So I understand gambling. The numbers sometimes confuse me, which sounds like I'm a very dumb person and maybe I am, Mm. but I've been in, in uh, advance of this, I've been reading up. I'm trying to learn. You guys are going to have to help me. Um, but I, I'm really, by the end of this, I'm going to be just, you know, throwing money around. So let's Excellent. go for it. We, we will, we're happy to help. I lost thousands of dollars this weekend. So just, uh, whatever <laughs> you need, uh, just ask me, but, um, no. So, all right, well, this is a, this should be an easy one. So 75 to one odds on that matchup. If you were to risk a dollar, how much would you get back? If the bucks actually bet the Patriots in the Super Bowl, 75 bucks. Thirty-seven thousand nine. No, seventy-five bucks. That's exactly right. You got it yeah. right. You got yeah. it right. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. But okay. the reason That's that it. that comes apart, it's more likely because the Patriots don't get there, right? I mean, does it? Uh, the, the long and short of what we're talking about yeah. is the way it's yeah. shaped up and everything, and that defense in Tampa Bay happens to be good, and the receivers mm-hmm. are really great. And <gasps> I also, I am also. <laughs> The thing that Brady got a pass on in 2019 was that, well, who was he throwing to? I mean, Nikhil Harry and those guys, and Julian Edelman dropped the ball too much, and Mohamed Sanu. Wait a second. Julian Edelman was a Super Bowl MVP, what are, and, and a first-round draft pick was catching his passes. I thought Brady was supposed to make everyone around him better, so it's more likely with the Bucks to get there than the Patriots, I think. And a shout-out very well, quickly to our view. Yeah. Our mutual pal, no, that's Tate, what the odds Tate Frazier, uh, has floated, I think, a fascinating conspiracy theory that we should indulge here, that Belichick is intentionally convincing the players to step aside so that the Patriots can't even field a team, um, thereby shutting down the entire NFL season to spite Tom Brady. How oh. say you on that one? Oh, man. Oh, I mean, I've heard the, I've heard the theories about Belichick you know, telling somehow trying to mastermind something by having players drop out for COVID because the Pats have by far, what are they up to eight now? Nine? I don't know. My thought was that maybe Belichick's tanking for Trevor the way I joked about him doing, you know, two years ago, but he actually, I mean, I'm not, I put nothing past him. So. Right. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. And I, I love Tate dearly, but he ingests a lot of edibles every single day. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Do you think, do you think, where where do you guys come down on uh, Patriots fans being able to embrace, embrace Cam Newton? Sal, you and I have talked about the fact that Brady, Peyton, Breeze are surgeons. I don't like game manager, but they're surgeons. Whereas I go with the gunslinger type. I like Elway, and Roethlisberger and mm-hmm. Favre. I think that's more exciting as a fan to watch over the course of the years. But, I mean, it's a pretty hard pivot from Tom Brady to Cam Newton. Are they going to be able to get behind, um, you know, viscerally get behind number one there, Charlotte? I think it's going to be very <laughs> simple. I think if he wins games, yes. I think that, I th- I think, you know, for, all, for everything you say about Boston and Boston fans, I really do think that if someone comes in there and is just dynamite, people are pretty psyched and they'll probably get behind him. Uh, I mm. worry that he won't be uh, and, you know, say he beats Stidham out for the job, which I personally hope he will. I love Cam Newton. Um, and then just sort of flops. I think that's going to be real tough. And I don't want to, you know, hear hear what people have to say about that uh, in, in the yeah. local, the New England area. Didn't part of you want, because this is what I wanted, as much as I go after Belichick, I wanted to see him do it with nothing. I wanted yes. to see him do it with Stidham, who has four attempted passes, and or Hoyer, who has four attempted passes in a decade that he's proud of. Uh, I, I, that, I was like, wow, this guy is a real man. If he could do it, can you imagine? Then there would be no doubt that he was the greatest coach ever. It probably isn't a doubt now, but if he would have put together even a playoff team with those schlubs at quarterback, and then he may still have to if Cam gets hurt or something. I think that would be the bigger challenge, but I think he and his draft dog realized uh, this might not be so good. Let's get Cam for real cheap. 
Yeah, I think it would have been incredible if he had made it work with Jared Stidham, but I as a fan yeah. was having so much trouble getting myself behind Jared. For me as a fan, it's so much more exciting and fun to have Cam Newton there and be like, oh, like it, it continues his his football journey. It's it's right. another part of his legacy. Like, wouldn't it be cool to be a part of that? And then with Stidham, I'm like, I don't I don't know if I could pick you out of a police lineup, my dude. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of it all, if he did it, that would be really exciting. So I kind of think either way, it's a great story. I just don't want us to suck. If that were to be the Super Bowl, forget COVID, forget anything else. I don't care if there are any fans or cheerleaders or anything. Anyone's allowed to show up. The hype for the game would be the greatest of all, right? We've had, what, 54? This would be the best. You wouldn't be able to beat that storyline, right? So... That's something to root for in addition to rooting for football actually taking place this year, right? Well, I also don't know. I feel like the rest of the country would have – would also – their brain fuses would blow because they'd yeah. be like, oh, no, who do I hate more? Do I hate right. the Bucks more with Brady and Gronk or do I hate the Pats still with Belichick even though Brady's not there? Like the, no one would have any idea who to root for even if you're a fan. The only mm-hmm. people who would know who to root for are Bucks fans. Right, Exactly. They might interesting. Sure yeah, that's it. interesting. And yeah. I, I, but I, I just, as a side note, have to say that uh, anyone with a sense of fashion does not want to see those two teams on the field together because those two uniforms would be an unmitigated uh, eyesore. Ugh. Well, the Bucks ruin so anything, true. any matchup, right? Uniform wise. By yeah, the way, Patriots uh, ain't doing that well themselves. But all right. Sure. Yeah, Charlotte. Uh, Dave is our uniformant. We've uh, named him. We need a little jingle for that, by the way. But um, yes, he is. Uh, he goes through this meticulously. He goes through all the Super Bowls, any matchup, and he could pick. What was uh? What you like the Padres this year? What did you say? What what what's like the Padres? Padres look great. I happen to think mm-hmm. that uh, as objective as I can be on the subject, I think that the Penguins and uh, and uh, Blue Blanque Rouge um, cast a a gorgeous uh, matchup there on the ice in Toronto. Those uniforms uh, blend nicely. And as much <laughs> as I hate the Flyers, they are my least favorite team in all the sports. That's how much I love. Those orange sweaters with the black. Oh, so handsome. <laughs> I've always I, I, really liked the Flyers <laughs> uniforms. I'm having a great time watching uh, Charlotte's expression. She doesn't know. She's like, am I allowed to laugh? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's a, is he a crazy person? I don't know if I should laugh or am no, I encouraging I'm just, this or just, I'm just going to nod. I'll just sit there and smile and nod. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to be an active listener, Sal. No, it's smart. Okay. I got it. Uh, here's my little uh, game I had for you guys. Dave Damashek, your Bucks in Pittsburgh mm. wins versus Tampa's wins in Tampa Bay. His Bucks versus your Bucks. Who has more wins this year? <laughs> you laugh, but it's what did you say? It's the, the the Pirates are on pace for eleven. Well, whether I win or lose here, at least I didn't uh, give 19 points to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was that about? But uh, that's insane. But all right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, listen. Have, it's all right. I don't need. At the time of this recording, they have it's two just... wins. This is this is, I, this <laughs> this is why I have long advocated for relegation in Major League Baseball. Now, you couldn't. Football yeah. doesn't exactly work because there aren't minor league football teams. But I think in baseball, it would make the bottom feeders of Major League Baseball so much more fascinating perennially if there was the chance that they were going to get kicked down and the Toledo Mudhens or whoever else was going to get called up. I, I'd i be all for it. The, the Pirates at this point are embarrassing the alleged city of champions with, the, with their performance over the last 41 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's get them out of here already. Charlotte. All right. I like it. I just, I worry that the owners might finagle that because there's, you know how these teams do with fire sales and everything. The Marlins, Derek Jeter wants mm. to sell everyone off. He might want to be, he's aiming to be relegated. Um, I want to talk football for a second. Well, we did talk, we just talked football for 20 minutes, but I want to talk football. I'm worried about the season. Charlotte, I'm following baseball. I put the over under the other day at what, 13 and a half days, uh, more days. That the, I, I just didn't know, like, I didn't get that if clubhouse attendants, I know we have to be safe, but if clubhouse attendants are testing positive, that that kills uh, at least a weekend series, maybe two series, maybe the whole season for a team like the Marlins. I don't see how football does any better with this. Do you agree or disagree? Or are you hopeful or you don't want to see Tampa win anyway? So this is all good. 
Right. I actually masterminded this whole thing so that I wouldn't have to watch Tom Brady. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's really messed up. Um, I, I wish, I think where I am, I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think that there's some way that this can be pulled off. Uh, I'm like, can everyone just wear your goddamn mask? Like, how hard is mm-hmm. it? And yeah. I saw someone, some governor of a southern state, I forget who it was today, was like, the only way we're going to have football is if you wear a mask. And he'd been someone who, like, hated masks. So, I don't know. I, I, I think I was hoping that, you know, at this point we'd have something under control that clearly is not the case. So, watching baseball, mm. I'm terrified for football. And yeah. It's like it's like the only thing we can do is put everyone I mean the NBA bubble works but how do you put thousands and thousands of people in bubbles? So I mean unless like maybe we just need like aliens to show up and be like look we'll play for you we can't catch covid it's like you mm. know certain animals can't get certain diseases and just put them like put football uniforms on them and it's like the space jam version of the nfl this year because people i don't know how it's going to work with people but i really want it to <laughs> well that's better better than nothing but i'll tell you what i think it's up to us i really do i think roger goodell is too arrogant he's going to force his way forward through this they had they had a virtual draft that went off without a hitch. And it's like, we're going to keep, well, I don't care what's going on with baseball. We're football. And these guys want to play. I don't like where it's going. I think it's going to be bad in the fall. You know, a, a player's going to actually have the flu and they're like, whoa, all right, you're out of there. We can't, we, we, uh, you know, flu season's coming up. So that's a huge, uh, huge component to this whole thing. We are going to have to figure it out the three of us. I'm not kidding. Whether it's a uh, football Island or whatever it is, I think we need to get on the phone. We have to find bubbles. Let's find the ideal location for these guys to go. It's not too late to get a bubble. Or Charlotte, as you said, you know, maybe it is aliens. Let's figure it out. Who's the alien version of Gronk? I want to do it. I think the three of us need to do it, Dave. And and the robots up. and the robots, uh, instead of playing with a football, <laughs> they play with Sal's owl. You know, they that just to shake yeah. it up a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay, you're not being serious. I'm, I'm, I'm being right. serious here. Right. I, I want to save right. the sport. You're, you're making owl jokes. I don't know. We got to figure it out. Come on. Dave, what do we do? Help us. Bruce Arians coached the Temple Owls. I don't I don't know what that means. I don't think it has any application here practically. Um, I Listen, I obviously I have no solution, but as we've discussed previously, I think it's going to be fair otherwise it's going to be a real bad look for pro football given that they've had these other examples to to kind of play off of and figure out the formula to to get it right um you know i i I think that if they're being realistic is 16 games going to happen i feel like that's really sounds loco to me when you when you start to try to fathom 17 weeks Mm -hmm. of nflc I think they wouldn't do, and I think if everybody said the only way we're reasonably going to have this football America is if we cut it down, we're going to have a 10-game schedule and somehow modify it. I think people will accept that. I just, it it seems like a great deal. I mean, what are we? We're five weeks, six weeks away from the start of the regular season. Yeah. And everybody, so theoretically at this point, the plan remains, yeah, we're going to fly around the country. We're going to go all over the place. It seems like, that is not a plan that is uh, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how it works. Um, so I think they well, I, I think they've got to try to figure out how do they get in ten games here and like you say some sort of um, you know variation on a bubble, not a hard and fast one like you see in the NBA because you're talking about dozens more right. human beings in, with every team than you are with an NBA team. Well, I want the three of us to think about this because I think we're. Um we're, we're going to get serious and we could actually move the needle here. And here's something else we're up against. You guys see the story of Colorado state, the football team, university football players and university athletic department staff say coaches have told players not to report COVID-19 symptoms. They threaten players with reduced playing time if they quarantine and they claim Colorado state is altering contact tracing reports to keep players practicing. This doesn't sound like college football at all. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. This is terrible. You bring up Belichick, Charlotte. You said who knows what he's going to be up to. This is kind of what I expect to read about about Bill coming into the uh, season (laughs) if he doesn't tank it like like, uh, people think to uh, get Trevor Lawrence. But I don't know. It's college. You're uh, 
less removed from college than we are. What do you think about this? These these players, they just have to play ball, right? They're getting paid. Oh, wait, no, they're not getting paid. Why would anyone stand for I this? Mean, I I don't know. the that When that leaked, I was like, oh, this is just terrible. Because it's the kind of thing where, like, if, if it's coming out of one program, you know mm-hmm. there are, you know, probably, honestly, like, hundreds of programs, smaller yeah. ones, bigger ones. Like, this is, and even if it's not explicit, it's kind of like a, if someone's like, do you feel sick? And you're like, uh, I better not. So no, I'm fine. You know, like, and, and then you see, um, players like the PAC 12 players standing up and being like, yeah, we're not going to do this and you can't play football without us. So we got to mm-hmm. figure this out. And I just think it, it is such a mess because it's, it's, it's so counterintuitive, right? Like if you, if you tell, if a player tells a coach, Hey, I'm sick, then ostensibly you could do something about it. And if we were functioning, it would be like, okay, go to mm-hmm. quarantine. You'll get better. We'll bring someone else in when you're better. You come back. Like if you tell people there are ways to manage it. And instead it's just trying to save face in a way that is only going to blow up more later. So it's just frustrating to watch it all unfold. And, you know, obviously I'm not, uh, I'm not break. I'm not breaking any news to say that football is populated at the coaching level and the player level by testosterone types. uh, You know, the players intentionally run at full speed into other uh, outsized human beings. So obviously they're not adverse to. to, Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Um, And the coaches, (laughs) I mean, they kind of. I mean, did you see Jack Del Rio um, saying something essentially that like, oh, you know, anybody who wants to step aside, you know, I don't think it would be a very popular opinion. You know, he's b- between the lines, pretty, uh, baldly saying, you know, you better play. And by the way, it's easy to put yeah. it on coaches, but the players too are incented, whether it's for scholarship, they want to be out there and guys who are on the fringe at the NFL level want to make that money. And then Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers aren't going to step aside because they understand that the game is going to move on without them and their competitive sorts. And they want to try to get that chip in 2020 before the train moves on without them. So it all amounts to these guys are incented not to step aside. Rather, they're incented to put themselves in harm's way. And the colleges ultimately, I mean, the, 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 you know, the cooler heads or whatever have to prevail here. The administrators of college, you're you there is an impossible um rationalization to make that like, yeah, it's not safe for our students to be here, but of course we need the college football game still. It's it's an insane uh bit of math. Uh, Charlotte and I, neither one of us is good at math, but I think we can both do that uh, <laughs> that that one and one doesn't uh, equal two here. Well and speaking of math, you're going to have the Nick Sabans of the world. And Alabama is going to report zero COVID cases, right, as a team. And South Alabama is going to have 37 out of uh, 53. And it's like, whoa, what's up? The campus is six miles apart. And the protocol is not much different. Like, uh, I don't even know that it's six miles apart. It could be. There's bad math there, too. Could be in a different state for all I know, South Alabama and Alabama. But, yeah, that uh, that was alarming. <laughs> that wasn't great to uh, to see today. And uh, also not great to see. Let's let's switch gears. Dave, you touched on it briefly. Milwaukee Bucks losing to the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. They were a 19-point favorite. The biggest upset in the last 25 years. I had no idea. I thought for That's sure insane. I had that 20-point favorites that lost in the last decade or so. That was the biggest upset in the last 25 years. What do you think, Charlotte? You didn't have money on that, did you? No, because I don't know how. But once I figure out how, <laughs> I would have lost so much. Uh, I mean, what, what? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I do not, I do not understand how this, ha- I need like 10,000 words on this game because even if you had the healthy nets there, if, if Kyrie were there, K- KD were there if, and mm-hmm. even some of the like lesser good healthy guys who aren't there, I still would have been like, Oh, the bucks are going to smoke them. Like I would have, sure. I would have made the same bet with the whole team there that I would have with what they showed up with, which is basically, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Did you see? Have you seen the Big Green, the sports movie, The Big Green? No, it's like, no. It's the best. It's the best '90s kids movie of all time. But basically, they just have this ragtag team who shows up, and then they end up. Pro- I think not. You know, spoiler alert: they win state, and like that's what this felt like. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I need to know how this happened because it was just a total come apart on the Bucks. Right on the Bucks part. We have the bad news bears. That that's our reference, right? For the same kind of thing, Dave. But I think that I think forty that, years. Yeah, younger. that's yeah, safe. Yeah, but you, it, we, you, we get what you're saying. You brought it on home. <laughs> I think it's interesting too, as I'm looking at it uh, right now. 
that the if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that the number on Super Bowl three? Weren't the Colts favored by 19, 19 to, beat, yeah. to beat the Jets? Isn't that what it was? And so they were. In yeah. a, so in other words, the Jets, I mean, the Nets, <laughs> not the Jets, just beat not the Colts, okay. but the Bucks. But what is the Colts logo doing that kicking Bronco? He's bucking. And who was who wore number 19 for those Colts? Johnny Unitas. What does it all mean? Okay. Not anything, but I'm just all saying right. it's an interesting, right. it's an interesting thing. Talk you about bringing it so all many, home. That's good. <laughs> you did so many brain pretzels to make that work. I'm so impressed. Thank you. you did it. Who knows if it worked? Do we know that it worked? I don't know. No, we just I don't Johnny think so. We have no way of knowing. We have no way of knowing if it worked. <laughs> no, it was 18. Who's to, who's to say? It was 18? Yeah. Heel producer Jim says, it. what was 18? The Super Bowl? Uh, that line was 18, yeah, in that Super Bowl three. <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk Sorry. to step I in on that. I just got I just spent, you know, a minute and a half on that. And then and then you step in and throw your oh, your man. one oh, your your one point off. Has any QB uh, ever won a Super Bowl with a mustache like uh, like Jim has right now? I'm trying to think yeah. of no. have we ever had any mustachioed QBs? I don't know. That's another conversation. I don't think anyone's ever gone to the bank to make a deposit with a uh, mustache like that, let alone <laughs> I just feel Snake like- Stabler. <laughs> Snake Stabler won where he had the Fu Manchu. I, okay. I need to go on. There you go. I need to go on record as a mustache as a mustache enabler. So. Oh, you are. Yeah, okay. I tell. I tell. Like, I. I think. I think every person who can should grow a mustache. I think they're remarkable pieces of facial hair. So, Jim. Jim, you're crushing it. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte, the idea is to just poo-poo everything he does, but you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. Okay, you'll get it. It's fine. Sorry, no, sorry, he, sorry. I'm he new should, here. I'm no, new here. Right. <laughs> You're, don't he encourage him. Ally. Don't encourage him, Charlotte. You just heard what he did to me. It's not, that's not <laughs> uh, All right, NHL, real quick. You know, we're catching this between games here. This game's going on all the time. Dave, your pen's even the series. Was that this morning? No, that was yesterday, right? I think it was yesterday. My aisles are up to nothing. More good goaltending, I think. And Charlotte, your Bruins are doing this cute little seating in a, a mini tournament that uh, they're just getting some reps, right? You happy with what you're seeing out of hockey? Yeah, I am. I mean, so hockey, when weirdly, like in the past when I've been sad or having a bad time, hockey is a sport that I'll put on that soothes me the most. Like it makes me, it just, I'm just, Mm. it's beautiful. Everyone's gliding around. There's something very therapeutic about it for me. And honestly, my first thought when sports shut down in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, you cannot take playoff hockey away from me. Like you cannot Mm. do this. And, um, they did it. And, but now we have it back and it's in two bubbles in Canada. Seems like it's working. Seems like it's safe going right into playoffs. Uh, like, you know, here Mm -hmm. we go. Let's, Let's see what happens. It's it's the bees year, baby. <laughs> I think it is working. I think they were quietly went about their business. We didn't hear about labor problems or anything with hockey. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was on and they were in the playoffs. They started and it was great. And as I said to Dave uh, the other day, they're they're here and gone in two months. What is it? Um, October 4th. I think the whole season is over. I could see them getting it done. Charlotte, are you a fan of fights, hockey fights? Because Dave came across a gem the other day, right? Where were they airing that Bruins, best of Bruins? What were you watching, Dave? That was something. Oh, the 70s, the story yeah. of the 1970 Bruins when all uh, of New England was obsessed by Bobby Orr and company, one of the one of the great um, teams, one of the great runs with Orr and Phil Espo and, and the rest of the gang. But in the here and now, yeah, that was great. I, I do think also... There's a weird, I, I called it voyeuristic when they when they started the uh, grapple um, for the first time. The the uh, a couple of teams started to go at it and they dropped the gloves a little bit. And I thought this feels extra naughty on some level. And I think it's because deep down you know that if it really got bad, that somehow there are local authorities in the building somewhere to break it up. Now it's lawless on the ice. If they start to swing the sticks and hit each other with it, who's stepping in? There's no one in the building other than the two teams. It feels naughty to me Mm -hmm. to be watching it when they start fighting. But either way, the Wales conference (laughs) should just be 
marvelous as long as, because the aisles are tracking, and don't think I missed you calling them your aisle, Sal, all of a sudden back on the bandwagon mm, in this nice little right. era there. Um, <laughs> if the aisles get in, and most importantly, the Penguins advance, you have such a loaded bracket. It's going to be just an all-time thing to watch for the next few weeks here. And I do want to say, and call me a homer, you know, Sal, that I am inclined to bet against my teams because I'm a pessimist by nature. Um, that mm-hmm. said, the Pens plus 160 given a goal and a half on Tuesday night. I like that one quite. I mean, on uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday night. I Wednesday like that. Night. Yeah, I, I like that one quite a bit. I think that the Blue Blanc Rouge have uh, have given them a good series. I have a hunch that the the Pens turn the corner and uh, a two goal mar a two goal margin of victory ain't exactly a blowout. Um, so uh, I have, so I have a hunch. Oh, you're okay, okay. You're laying a goal and a half, so gotcha. they have to win by two, and you're getting plus one sixty. Yes, you did yes. read that right. I apologize. Okay, good. All right, best bet. All right, so we'll watch more hockey. We're we're happy with hockey. You guys um, think the Lightning are going to choke again? Probably, right? They should play themselves so. out of the one seed, right? I mean, the one seed is, uh, that's not at the pole position by any means. The one seed right. lost twice last year. So um, they right. do themselves a favor to finish like third, I think, right? Yeah, I agree. No shame. I mean, unless you get swept, then it's a bad look for Tampa. But any of those teams between the Flyers, Caps, uh, uh, lightning and Bruins, and I'll include the the Penguins if they can survive this series. I mean, those any of those top five teams. There's, you know, I could see any one of them surviving and and going on to the final. Mm-hmm. All right, going on to the finals, and here we go. On we're going to play a game right now, Charlotte. I think you're going to like this. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's catching on like wildfire. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is crazy. All the kids are playing it, and I think we have a jingle for it. I don't know if Jim's ready, but. It's time to play Cami Over Under. Grab some money from a jar. Get a message from a star. The price is what we really wonder. It's Cami Over Under. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> All right. If I know that voice, shout out to the one-man house band, Dick Banks, still the best in the business, churning out the music. Awesome. Uh, I was going to say, nice job. And he turned it around in like eight minutes, really. Like the time it would actually take to record that is when he got it to us and and, uh, approved and everything else. Nice job, uh, Dickie Banks. So here's how it works, Charlotte. Jim picks three celebrities and assigns a dollar value. And we guess if that celebrity, if he or she charges over or under, the number that Jim picked. And then at some point we yell at Jim for not keeping track of the score. And then, uh, and then, and that's it. We, we say goodbye. Right. I'm so sad. <laughs> I've been so excited to play this. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. All right, Jim, who do you have? All right. First up, you may know him as Rob Ryan's brother or uh, Rex Ryan's brother, Rob Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Rob Ryan. Oh, I can't. I see what you're doing here. You gave it a little Boston flavor, right? Because he was the Patriots like linebacker coach. What did he do? Did he make it to defensive coordinator? I, I don't know. No, he didn't. I don't, I don't think he made it to. Maybe he, he did. Didn't. He he did. Well, you but but you know who he is, right? You, I mean, I, oh you yeah, know, I uh, met okay. I uh I met Rob Ryan once uh, oh. at a Super Bowl party, and he was there wearing a, a blazer in the pattern of a Big Lebowski sweater. Uh, nice and. My friend and I thought it was so funny. We had to take a picture with him. And then his wife just like looks at him and he was, she was like, come over here. And I was like, okay, bye Rob. So, Oh wow. And you yeah. were probably trying to get information out of him, like how much he charges from a cameo. So that would have been, exactly. cheap. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad it stopped when it did. So by, but, uh, in other uh, words, by, by asking for the picture, in other words, you put your foot in your mouth or wait. Oh, uh, that's the other one. It's the other one. It's Rex. Oh, right. It's I probably both of them. Let's be honest. Jim, you got to come back. Yeah, probably. Jim, come back and give us an over under here. So Rob Ryan's over under is $50. What? All right. No, I, okay. okay. Well, let's analyze this. Charlotte, what do you, I, I feel that's about right. What do you, what do you think? Really? Oh, I say definitely he charges more than that. Hmm. That is okay. wild to me. 50 bucks for Rob. I would think he would charge like, I, I would think he would be like around 75 to 100. I think he thinks highly of himself. Right. I don't know. I mean, 
damn, now I now I have to reconsider what I would charge for myself. Well, anyway, you guys, what do you guys think? Well, that's the whole thing, right? So it's not all, you can't just say, well, that's a C-level uh, celebrity, so they probably charge $50 or less. Yes, you have to consider how highly they think of themselves, what kind of self-image they have, and am I going to charge more even if it means that I'm only going to get three hits a month, uh, even though it would be more worth it to have a more reasonable number? So you're saying higher, Dave, what do you think? I think that's exactly right. That's what I've learned early on is that some people like Rob Ryan, you know, Rob certainly has a chip on his shoulder. He did until he ate it, but, um, the very (laughs) likely he did. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, I don't know. He must perceive himself to be the discount of the Ryan brothers. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under also. I think we're getting, um, I think this is a tricky line here. I think you could have gone 75 and I would have thought about going over, but because you went 50, I'm going to go, I'm going to play the mind game with you here, Jim Cunningham. What's the number? I think Jim, uh, I think Jim's mind gaming. I wouldn't be surprised if Rob Ryan charges 500 bucks for a camera. <laughs> I said, okay. $1 more than his brother. Right. Right. All right. Rob see. Ryan is over at $100. That's too much. Thank That's you. Too much. She's on the board. Beginner's luck. I don't know. She's already, I mean, Jim, I don't know if you could uh, follow, but she's got one and the uh, the two of us have zero. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> That's I'll how try. it is. We'll see. All right. Good for you. Wow. I, God, how many nibbles is he getting at a hundred bucks a pop? All right. Yeah. Uh, Should we do one? We're not going to do a Rob Ryan cameo. Maybe we should. Maybe we should get it going. Maybe you'll finally get your picture. Yeah. Um, in video form. All right, do another one here, Jim. Let's do a couple. All right, next up is from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Cheryl Hines. Okay. The over-under is, am I can... Who does Rob Ryan think he is charging 100 bucks? I mean, who's out there? Who in the world is out there thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean, if if he's included with Rex, or if it's Rex and Buddy, and it's the whole Ryan coaching clan... Who out there is like, no, no, I don't care about what Rex. I need Rob. I need Rob to give me it's a the hair. Who is who's that person? The Has hair? he gotten one? I think it's I the hair. Know. I think he thinks that like his hair is enough of a draw. That's the offshoot mm-hmm. of this game is over under how many people have actually paid that price to get that. I mean, a hundred dollars? <laughs> Rob Ryan? Rob Ryan's right, funny other, enough, though. The other offshoot is that we're trying to get Cameo to sponsor this segment, so we can't say <laughs> things like, who the hell in the world is paying? But I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right, Jim, what 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 over-under for Cheryl Hines? Cheryl Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm. The over-under is $115. Okay. All right, so if all we have to compare this to is Rob Ryan, she's definitely got more cachet than, than Rob Ryan, right? Um. Charlotte, ladies first though. Let's let's hear from you. What do you think? I put her I put her um I want to say I put her over at 200, but I actually could see her just doing 100. Being hmm. like, "Hey, you know, like let's have some fun with this. Maybe make it more accessible." I'm going to say I'm going to say she's under at 100. Wow. Now you're in my head. All right, Dave, go ahead. What do you think? I, you know what? Charlotte has won me over. My, my first inclination was why would she even bother if she weren't making some decent amount of loot here? But she also, it's probably a lark for her to, ah, it's fun for me to do. I like doing it. I'm going under two. All right. I'm going to go over because I have to make up ground here on, on young Charlotte, who's taking the lead. <laughs> And I also think, I don't know if you're getting, she's getting big bucks per episode on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, it has to be worth your while to stop everything. I know they're not in production right now and to, uh, and to make a video. I'm going to go over. She's barely even in it anymore. That also depresses her value. (laughs) Well, she needs more money then. I don't know. I, I, I go over. Cheryl Hines is under at a hundred (gasps) dollars. Oh my my God. Are you kidding me? Am I the best person? cameo over <laughs> under player in the history of the world this sucks i don't know did you get them both right? uh, i don't know she's got both right <laughs> all right so i can't win uh today i'm two behind dave is one behind and charlotte's two for two all right let's do one more i hate this game i love this game all right <laughs> william hung over under right. 37 dollars <laughs> 
let me go because it's inconsequential what, what I think here at this point. I don't think if he did this in 2005, he could probably get like a hundred, one hundred fifty dollars. What a novelty he <laughs> was! So I'm telling you, he he sold an album. I bought like thirty five of his Christmas albums as a. I was like, <laughs> wow! I, as an ironic gift, he's probably getting tens and thousands of dollars here for this dumb album that no one can understand what he's saying. But now we're here in 2020 times. I'm guessing aren't as good for William Hung. I'm gonna go over thirty seven. What was the what was the line again, Jim? Thirty seven dollars. I feel like he he's someone who might get a lot of hits. You know, like I feel like a lot of people might see him on there if he's not there for too much money and be mm -hmm. like, this would be funny. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under and say he's at uh, thirty five. I so, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go over because I think the ironic gift. I couldn't even tell you. I don't remember even what song it was that he was uh, she bangs. famous for doing. She bangs. I thought I was going to yeah. say she bangs, but I didn't want to seem like a dummy. No, you weren't. I was going to do it, but all right. I'm going to go over this time because a singing cameo has to have a little more value, right? It's over. It's dev and, and you know what? Okay. Like Namath, I guarantee it. William Hung is under at $20, which is a steal. Oh, no. Damn. Wow. I just oh, want to man. say, I want to say that one of my favorite things in the world to do is psychoanalyze people I've never met. And so this uh -huh. is, this is where it just, uh, it comes in actually handy because I'm trying to get in people's heads. So. Well, this is no good. You can't, uh, th that's fine for you, but you can't show us up like this, uh, day sorry. after day. So, um, sorry, not sorry. So this was a nice trial run for you, but do you have any friends who could maybe step in? <laughs> <laughs> no, cause I keep beating them at cameo over under. They won't talk to me anymore. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I think, I don't think you win anything, but maybe we'll get you a cameo from uh, William Hong. Maybe that's oh, how beautiful. we cheat this. She destroyed us. Damn it. She destroyed me. You were in it for a little bit, but that was that. No, she's uh, listen. She's the Don Shule of uh, Cami over under. That's uh, undefeated <laughs> All right. so far. We're going to uh, play more Cami over under on Laugh Lines with Rachel Benetta and my cousin Jill Kimmel, who is an up and coming ah. comedian. She's actually there. Yeah, and we're going to do that. That'll be on Thursday. Um, and then uh, Against All Odds is on. If you want best bets for the week with a degenerate trifecta, that's already up. And we will return Friday. Wow, this was a great treat. And uh, I, I say that, but but we we have you for good now, Charlotte. You're right? stuck this wasn't with just me. A guest it, appearance. Yeah, well, I mean, this is I I can't wait to do this again. And guess what? We can. So you're 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 totally stuck with me, and I couldn't be more yeah. happy about it. Now you faked the power outage. We probably edited that out, but you faked it. But and then you you <laughs> took a minute to convince yourself. You came to your senses and uh, and came back. And, and good thing you did because you you swept the cami over under. Good for you. Um, yeah, do you have I, uh, any, anything to plug? Uh, I just want to say a shout out to um, my uh, sister-in-law's cousins, Amy and Dylan, who are up here with our family. And when I told them I was going to record this, they were, they were like, oh, well, we're driving. Uh, we're on a long drive tomorrow, so we'll listen to it. And I was like, well, I'll say hi. So I'm just saying hi. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what a shame that Jim Cunningham isn't going to be able to get this up until uh, the end of the weekend, but uh, maybe they'll just keep driving around until it comes up. No, <laughs> they'll I'm listen to it whenever. <laughs> Dave, what about you? First of all, maybe we should institute this uh, at the end of every episode. I give the MVP to this episode to Charlotte. Well done, not just on the cameo mm. over under. Um, a, uh, a new Daves of Thunder is out there for you. It includes a new jerk list. And David Feeney continues to bellyache about uh, me doing another podcast without him. So check, <laughs> check out Daves of Thunder. All right, he'll get over it. Uh, and I'm at the cousin Sal. I have nothing else to say. Thank you, Charlotte. This was great. This was definitely in our top five best episodes, right, Dave? Oh my you say? god, sure. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I'm honored. Right. Well, I'm psyched to do it again. Excellent. Now I've been trying out endings, and I've I've come up short with a couple. But let me let me uh, try this on for size for Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. I'm Sal saying, take it easy and take the points. Now that sucks too. I don't even no. like. Wow. No, I don't like that. I don't like, that. I don't like the way it sounded. I don't know. We you gotta work what? on that. 
You know what's something that stuck with me from this episode it is uh, who's to say? So maybe it's like, are these good bets? Who's to say? Okay. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. All right. I'm going to work that out. I'm, I'm a little down on anything uh, who related with the, the owl infestation that's going on. But um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Who's to say? All right. That's it. We'll talk to you Friday. 